Well, this is a topic that is near and dear to my heart because I used to be uh, kind of a poor guy and I uh, didn't really want to trust God to believe for finances because I thought he was so busy in his life. He had a lot of things to take care of. He had salvation and feed the poor in China and all that other kind of stuff. And I thought, well, he, he doesn't need to be involved in my little petty problems. But what I found out was God wants to be ever involved in our situations and in our problems. He's a personal God. He wants to come alongside of us and help us in all that we're facing. Yes, yes, yes. Amen? Yes. All right, I'm in the right place. Touching home here a little bit? Okay. <laughs> so we're going to go through this a little bit, and let's look at what the definition of a miracle is anyway. It's God's intervention into the natural course of events to bring about a supernatural change that will affect your life according to his will. So in the natural course of events, you may be going in a certain direction. Things may be going good or they may be going bad, but when they're going bad, you need God to supernaturally come alongside and change what, what would have happened into what he wants to have happen in our lives. Can I get an amen? I, I like this because if it was just up to us and the natural course of events, we're going to wind up in disaster. But God says, let me come in and make a change and change the course of things so that you can be, be in the place where you're going to receive all of my blessing. Isn't that good news? It is. I think it's good news. So it's a journey. It's a process that we have to go through. And, and how many of you need a miracle in your life, need a financial miracle in your life? Do I see any hands? Okay. Uh, how many of you have experienced financial blessing in the past, right? You've seen God come through. Guess what? He's the same God. He likes doing miracles. He likes coming through. He likes being able to work in your behalf. That if there's God, then there's miracles. That's just the way he is. I mean, if you can believe in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, you believe in a miracle. I mean, that's a pretty big miracle, isn't it? To create all this by just speaking it in six days? Well, that's what God does, and God will do greater things in our life if we just ask him to and, and, and position ourselves. So, um, for instance, you may go to the doctor, and the doctor gives you these news, this news right here. I'm sorry, sir, but you have a rare disease. Uh, you're allergic to the, the, the elements in the air, and based on our records and previous uh, people, you've got about six months to live. Oh. The natural course of events says this is what's going to happen to you. You need a supernatural change. You need God to come a hold of you and change what would happen to what he wants to have happen. And so, uh, in this case, they bring the wife in. Let's see the wife. Next slide, yeah. So the wife says, uh, is there anything that we can do to help my husband? And the doctor says, well, there, there is one chance. If you cook him home-cooked meals every day, morning, noon, and night, if you wash his clothes and his sheets every day, and you vacuum the whole house, the whole entire house, every day, he'll live. So the, the wife went back to the husband, and the husband said, well, what did the doctor say? He says, honey, you're going to die. <laughs> there's, no, there's no... Because she doesn't want to go through what it takes to be healed. And a lot of us get bad news, but we don't want to go through what it takes to get healed. Rather spend our energy believing God and watching him work on our behalf than doing all this external natural things. Amen? So God will do that for you. He, he will change the natural course of events. 
Then uh, here, here's another um, situation. You ever looked at your finances? Sometimes in the natural course of events, things, you're going to lose your home, you're going to lose your car, you're going to lose your pets, you're going to lose everything because you just don't have enough income to sustain yourself. You ever been there? Amen. Well, you need, a, you need a, a, a supernatural change. I know we have a story with the Carrillo family. They needed to come up with $25,000 within like two weeks. And guess what? God came through. Amen. What, but if you give up and don't try and don't ask God to come through, you'll, you'll lose your house, you'll lose your home, you'll lose your car, you'll lose everything. But look at the joy that's on people's faces when they get a supernatural change from God. Hallelujah. Look what God has done. Whoa. You ever been there? It, it's good. It's a good feeling to know. I know when my wife and I we were first believing for finances, we, we could only believe, or I could only believe for $100 extra a month. And uh, we didn't know where it was going to come from, but we just kept believing and saying, thank you, Lord, that we have that money. And when it came, man, we jumped for joy. Oh, Lord, look what he did. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And then we had to go to the next month. <laughs> but that's the way it is. You keep believing. But once you get that spigot turned on, it's like a flood that just keeps coming. You learn how to believe God for finances. Amen? Praise the Lord. So now all I have to do is just kind of think about, oh, Lord, I need some more finances. And it comes. Why? Because we got that relationship with the Lord. And we're going to talk about that. That's one of the steps that we need to take to make sure that we have uh, an open uh, avenue. So then how do we get this kind of uh, miracle blessing? The first thing is, this look, it comes by faith. So then faith comes by hearing, not thinking, not imagining, not even believing per se. It's by hearing the Word of God. You have to have that in your heart. You can have it in your mind. We know God can do anything, don't we? God can, He can knock us right off the planet by just flicking His finger. I mean, He, he could send us up to the moon. He can do anything, but what can you believe Him for? Remember Jesus said, Are you, do, you, do you believe I'm able to do this? And He said, if you can't believe, all things are possible. But how do you believe just in yourself? You have to get it down your mind, into your heart, so that you know that you know that you know that there's no way that God cannot come through with his promises, that he's promised it to you. He's going to see it come to pass, even though it doesn't look like it. You keep believing and seeing him work and knowing that it's going to come to pass. Amen? Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. How do you increase your faith? Keep hearing. It's not like, oh, I, I really, I, 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 I believe, I really believe. No, it's not even about that. It's about him getting on the inside, his word getting on the inside of you to change your heart. With the heart, man believes, not with the head. Okay, let's see our next scripture here. So here's what we can do. This is what I like. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help when? In the time of need. You know, uh, another definition of that is in the nick of time. The definition below is well-timed, opportune, convenient, in the nick of time. Don't you like that? When, when you're facing danger, you're facing troubles, and God comes through just in the nick. Have you ever had that happen to you? Just, God, where were you? Man, you came through just in the nick of time. And Isaiah talks about God being uh, a mighty God. It means a hero. 
and he comes by just in the nick of time. He comes through for you. I, I can remember the story, and I asked Al to remind me of it, but he, Al was believing for a job at the county, um, L.A. County uh, Department, uh, and, and uh, he was believing for over a year. And he had some medical issues that happened in, in, a, in one month period. He had pneumonia, he had a crack fracture in his, his vertebrae, and he had a blood infection, all in one week's time. It just hit him. And so he's in the hospital, and he's recovering, and he, he, he's, re, he's in such bad shape, they have, you know, that bar that they put across so that if you want to, you know, raise yourself up, you have to grab the bar and pull yourself up. That's how bad he was. So his wife comes into the hospital and says, oh, honey, we just got a letter from the county, and, and you've been approved to go to work, but you have to go and take a physical in two weeks. I said, oh, my God, what are you talking about? A physical? You can't even pull yourself out, out of bed. How is God going to do this for you? But he came through just in the nick of time. Somehow, someway, God began to heal him. And then he went, and he, he went to take a test, the test there, and they said, well, if you had pneumonia, let's wait a couple of weeks before you give you the, 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 uh, the, the um, medical exam. So they gave him another two weeks. After a month's time, he went in and passed, and now he's working there right now. How, how, did, how did God come through? In the nick of time. Praise the Lord. I have a, I have a friend that uh, was believing God for a job. His job folded up. And so for three months... He didn't have a job, didn't have an offer, didn't have a nibble, didn't have a bite. You ever been there? Like, nobody wants me. What am I doing here? <laughs> so I said, brother, brother, let's pray. And so we prayed, and uh, I encouraged him to read the Bible, get a promise, and watch God work. So two days later, he called me and said, you know, it's a funny thing. I, I went to this, I got an interview and I went there early, and instead of meeting the human resources person, I met the owner of the company. And he decides to give me an interview. He likes me so much, he wants me to come back and, and interview with his wife, and, and, and they want to offer me a position. So on the way back, I get another text of another company that wants to interview me on Monday. And, and, and so I've got these two interviews that I have to go to. And then while I'm at home, I get another one. He's gotten four interview, uh, opportun interview dates in one day's time, in the nick of time, amen? Because he was thinking, well, I gotta move out of state or something where there's some more, more positions available. But God, <laughs> I won't tell you, but God who is our mighty God, a mighty hero is able to come through for us in the nick of time, nick of time. Keep your, keep your faith up. Let me see this next slide, or is this the one? Okay, now let's see how this, you wanna see how this thing works? Okay, good. Proverbs 10.22 says, The blessing of the Lord brings true riches. Now, notice that the blessing there is singular. It's not blessings, it's a blessing. What is a blessing? Blessing of the Lord is God's favor, God's uh, presence, God's uh, uh, approval of you. The blessing of the Lord brings true riches. It's not always money. It's always sometimes it's just favor, it's sometimes it's just good relationships, it's, it's whatever you want it to be, whatever you consider to be true riches, but the when the Lord, when the presence of the Lord is upon you, things happen for your good. Isn't that nice? And, and he adds no sorrow to it, for it comes as a blessing, not 
plural singular. Let me explain this to you. How, how many of you have ever seen the wind? Has anybody ever seen the wind? Yeah. Lord, this is a trick question. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen the wind? What does the wind look like? <sighs> huh? You can't see the wind. All you see is the result of the wind. Let's see, is that up there? See, you see the leaves blowing, and you say, oh, there's the wind. But the leaves are the result of the wind. So when you get the blessing from the Lord, it's the wind of the Holy Spirit coming upon your life, and then things happen. Jobs, promotion, houses, cars. But it's not, that's not the blessing of the Lord. That's the result of the blessing. You get that? So the key is find yourself in God. Press into him. Look for his face, not just his hand, and he will have things come into your life. Because when you have a relationship with him, oh, he loves you. Oh, he wants to reward you. Oh, he wants to bless you with things, right? Now, let me, let me hold. Let me just make sure I, I don't go too fast. So I, I tend to believe, uh, yeah, next slide. I, I, I feel like I walk around like this with the, the presence of heaven upon me, okay? I'm sorry. If you don't feel that way, you know, you ought to feel that way because it's available to whosoever will. Just believe God is with you no matter what you do wrong, no matter what happens. God can make it up to you. He can change situations to your favor. You got to believe that. Amen? So many times, countless times, I can't even think of it, when, when, when I needed God to come through, even though I didn't have the right prayer, he was able to make it come to pass for my good. Now, like I said, I didn't always believe this way. Uh, when I was um, in my 30s, I um, took on a venture with a not-so-Christian guy. In fact, he wasn't Christian at all. Neither was I. We came up with this, 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 this scheme, this plan, to roller skate from the northern tip of California to the southern tip of California in 14 days and get endorsements for people and being on TV and, and you know, just making a splash, being famous. Praise the Lord. What, what's, what's, so, what's so funny about that? <laughs> it would have worked if we were living right, but we weren't living right, okay? But we were on TV, we were on radio, we were popular, we were, we were in Hollywood, yeah, Hollywood swingers, and <laughs> I can tell you it's a bunch of shaky foundation out there. People have dreams and visions and hopes and aspirations of things to come, and it's all a dream world. And when it comes crashing down, it's like, oh, and there's thousands of people out there. But I, I got to hobnob with some, some stars and feel pretty good about that, got a chance to meet him, talk with him, and everything. But as it goes, we also, too, crashed and burned, and so we didn't have any um, finances, and we wiped out. The only problem was it was my money, okay? $30,000, but you know what? That was the best $30,000 I spent because I wouldn't have accepted the Lord if I hadn't done that because then I came to the Lord and I said, Lord, okay, if you can make anything out of my life, you can have it right now. And he came and he infused me and he came into me and made himself known. But then I met the lovely Marianne. Okay? <laughs> Are you clapping for God or Marianne? <laughs> so, so, Marianne, uh, so I had nothing. I mean, I, I, I had lost, I was stripped of everything. And so 
I didn't have much, and Marianne was married before to a guy for about nine months, but he was a crook as well. <laughs> not, not me a crook, but my friend was a crook. But she didn't know it. But they had a bunch of stuff. They had like a, a house in Las Vegas for 3,000 a 3,000 square foot house, and they had a, not, not, a, not, not a Mercedes, they had a, a Rolls Royce. Who, who has Rolls Royces? I don't know. And then she told me she had, they had a boat. I go, oh, okay, that's cool. And so we were, one time we were at Newport Beach, and we are walking around, we are looking at all the ships and, and boats there. And so I go, um, tell me, what, what size boat did you guys have? I go, that one over there? She goes, no, not that one. How about that, that bigger one right over there? No, not that one. Really? How about that one over there? I was just kidding. Couldn't be that one over there. She goes, yeah, that one right there. It looked like something like this. I said, you gots to be kidding me. Here, poor boy has to compete with this. You know, I mean, what? what? This is not a boat. This is a what? It's a yacht. I mean, look at the back. The, the people are so small on the back, and they got this big thing in there. And, and now, this was a little intimidating to me because I was living in an apartment. I mean, yeah, I was renting a room in an apartment, and here's what my room looked like. All right, praise the Lord. <laughs> Uh, that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but you get the point, okay? It felt like that. Plenty of leg room there, you know, to get by. But uh, so she said, wait a minute, wait a minute, because I, I was hesitant to believe God for things. And she said, wait a minute, I was married to a guy that was serving the devil, and we had, let's see, a yacht. Let's see the yacht again. Okay, serving the devil, you get that. Serving God, you get that. I, she said, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> then I started thinking, yeah, you know, that's true, huh? You know, I serve the Lord, and the Lord is able to give back to me and reward me for the things that I do. Praise God. Can you, do you believe that? So let's look at a story in the Bible about somebody that had to believe God, and this is Abraham. He said, get out. God told him, Get ye out of your country, from your family and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. There it is again. Bless. I will, I will speak good things over you. I'll proclaim uh, my anointing, my power in your life. And make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. What does that mean? That means I'm going to bless you, and then you will be a blessing to others. Is that not right? You're going to be the source and the resource for people to come to you, and you are going to bless them. It's more blessed to give than receive. Why is that? Because if you're only receiving, you're poor. But if you're giving, God has blessed you to give to others. Praise the Lord. So that's what God told Abraham to do. And then the next uh, scripture says, And I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And I like this, in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Is that us? Are we all the families in the earth? Uh, Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. Okay, I won't, I won't go too far with that. Okay. 
so, so, so God wants us to succeed. He wants us to be blessed. And, and, but Abraham said, I don't, but I don't have any children. How can I be a father of many nations if I don't have any children? So God appeared to him, this next scripture here. When Abraham, or Abram, was 99 years old, woo-wee. <laughs> Anybody going to make 99? I don't know. You got a couple? Okay, all right, Andy. 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him. You said you had a friend, Patricia, that's 100 years old, right? A, a guy, and he looks great, and he feels great, and you would, he, he looks what? Late, late 70s, right. I can't tell how old anybody is anymore. I've gotten to that level where I don't know if you're younger, older, I, I don't know. And, and I was telling somebody the other day, I, I don't, all my friends are older now. I don't know what the problem is. I'm still young. I'm still 20, but they are. <laughs> all right. Abram was 99 years old, and the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Now, this is, I'm going to give you four keys. This is one of the keys on how to get a financial blessing. Walk habitually before me with integrity, knowing that you are always in my presence, and be blameless and complete in obedience to me. Whoa, that's a tall order right there, isn't it? But he says, in the King James, walk before me, and be blameless. I'm, walk, I'm watching you. I'm looking over you. I am knowing everything that you're doing. I know everything that you're thinking, everything that you're watching, everything that you're looking at, everything that you're hearing. I'm watching you. <laughs> and if we want to be together, if we want to have a good relationship, walk with integrity, knowing that you're always in my presence. Let's look at the next slide, because here we go back to this point right here. He's always shining his light upon us. Don't put a, a, a shadow or an umbrella to block his presence, but let, if you're to the pure, all things are pure, right? Walk be before him with holy hands so God can bless you, and that's what he wants to do. Let's go back to the, the one we just had, the scripture we just had. No, no, the scripture we just had. Yes, walk how habitually every day know that the Lord is with you. Amen. When you go to bed, when you wake up, even in your sleep, he's with you. Walk as if he's there with you with integrity, with integrity, knowing that you're always in my presence and be blameless and complete in obedience to me. Okay, let's uh, go to the next slide. So God said to Abram, Abraham, so he did, he finally had a son. Who was the son's name? Abraham? Isaac. All right the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. Isn't that interesting that God knew that Abraham loved his son? He knows what we love. He knows what we care about. He said, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains which I shall tell you. Now, interestingly enough, that same mountain that Abraham sacrificed his son is the same mountain that Jesus was crucified on. Because God was setting precedent. If you can offer your son, that gives me license to offer up my son. So he wanted to see if he would be in complete obedience to God. 
and I want to offer, offer him up as a burnt offering. Okay, next slide. So here he is getting ready to offer his son. This, this is a heart-wrenching scene, isn't it? Your own son. Let's get Michael to, over here, and let's offer... No. <laughs> so Abraham is getting ready to offer his son, his only begotten son. And then what happens? The angel of the Lord comes in. Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to, to him. For now I know. God wants to know, do you love him? Do you care for him? Do you give yourself to him, regardless of what you may be facing or what you need? I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Praise the Lord. So let's see what happens in Genesis 22, 13. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there, where? Behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide. Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Okay, now, if you look at the definition of that, the Lord will provide, it means more than just the Lord will provide. It means the Lord will see ahead and know what you need before you even ask and provide for you. Isn't that good news? So this ram, he said, look, look behind you. Look, look around, and you'll see your provision. That's the same thing he's telling us. Your provision is around you. It's near you. All you have to do is lift up your spiritual eyes, and God will show you, and it's usually by something, somebody you know, something that you've done. There is provision around you. How many, how many times have you gotten a job because of people that you know that told you about a job? Just almost all the time, isn't it? I mean, we're here now because of a friend who I knew, and I said, let me uh, come and rent the, the facility with you. And then finally he just said, you know what? You can have the facility. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it, it came through relationship. It came through friendship. It came through someone I knew. I was looking all over the city. My wife and I, we'd be driving all over the place. Well, that looks good. Maybe we can refurbish that. Maybe we can take that. No, that doesn't seem like the right thing. And <laughs> And then finally, it was right in front of me all along. I, it was right behind me. I just, hey, Pastor George, you know what? Can we just come and maybe have service there at noon at your place? Because we don't have a place. We're in, the, we're in the community center. He said, sure, come on down. <laughs> so that's where the Lord sees ahead and knows what you need before you need it. So the second key, what's the first key? Walk before him and be blameless. Second key is your provision is around you. Did you know that? You don't have to look very far. It's around you. And I'm going to get into that a little more deeper. But, you know, a lot of times, you know, just b basically to keep your attention, we, <laughs> we have to um, do visuals because people, you know, they, they, they don't catch it, you know, with a lot of words. But when they see the visual, they can get it. So we have a, a guest that's going to make an entrance here, uh, someone that is, uh, you know, near and dear to our hearts, and he's going to give us a little one-on-one -on -one testimony of what actually happened, you know, when he... Uh... Well, looky here. 
Anybody know who this is? No, no, no. <laughs> Abraham. Hey, is it Abram or is it Santa Claus? I don't know which one. No, it's Abram. Abram, I'm sorry. Abram. Good to see you, my brother. How are you doing? Good to see you. Good to see. Good to see you. Hold on. We got to. I know. Okay. Good to see you. Oh. I'm doing well, thank you. Oh, good. Good to see you. How, so uh, what brings you down here? Well, you know, it's been a while since I've been here, and, uh, man, things have really changed. Yeah, oh, yeah, I can tell Yes. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, uh, it, it's good to see, you know, you're famous around here. Everybody talks about Father Abraham, and you're the father of faith, and you've done such great things, you know. First of all, you're having that, uh, a son in your old age. Yes. That was tough, right? No. You moved away from your father's house. God told yes. you to do that. Yes. And then you went and sacrificed your son, your only son, that you loved so much. You know, that second one was a tough one. You know, believing for a son and everything. You know, me and Sarah was quite content just to hang around the house and uh, just watch the sheep at night. Well, wasn't much else we could do at our age. N nothing happening? No, nothing happened at all. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, just watching the sheep. Yeah, okay. Kind of boring life, Abraham. But anyway, um, let's move away from there and talk about something else, okay? So, so God knew that you really loved your son. And, and you were believing for him for 25 years, and then yes. finally you yes. had him. Were you kind of surprised that he asked you to sacrifice him? I, I was really surprised. You know, I really loved that boy. And like you said, we... we uh, Trust God that he would give us a son in, for 25 years, and it had come to pass. Yes. And uh, the Lord knew I loved him. And I was really kind of surprised when the Lord said, you know, for me to take him and sacrifice him. It almost broke my heart. Yeah. And, but you know what? You didn't hesitate. You got up early. You went to the mountain. You brought your son. But <laughs> I noticed when I was reading it, you didn't tell Sarah. Uh, no, 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 no. No, I wouldn't do that. You know, it, it, me, and the God, me and God were friends. Yeah. I, you, you know he called me friend? Yeah, I, I, heard, I heard that. I heard about that. He called you friend. He must have known you pretty well. Yeah, we knew each other uh, pretty well. And I figured even if he sacrificed him, that he would raise him from the dead. Really? And... What, what about, what about, yeah, let's talk about Isaac. Was he a little scared about the whole thing? Well, yes, he was, and, uh, but he was an obedient son, mm -hmm. and uh, he trusted me, mm -hmm. and I told him that he was in the Lord's hands. I see. What about that angel, though? Did that kind of surprise you when he came down and stopped you? Well, you know, I'd seen that angel before, uh -huh. and so I knew that he was the Lord's angel. Okay. And... I said all along that I knew God would provide the sacrifice. Mm. But the funny thing was that I didn't see that ram caught in that bush when we were coming up the mountain. You know, but let me tell you, when God told me to look around, there he was. That's exactly what I'm going to be teaching on today. How you got to look around and find the provision and the blessing of the Lord. I'm, I'm going to be teaching about that. That, that's a good teaching, son. And I wish I would have known that when I was having trouble. 
Yeah, because you didn't have a Bible at that time. We got the Bible now. We know what you did, and we know what everybody else did, so we can just go with that. Yes, I learned to trust God. He's taken care of me, my children, my grandchildren, and he's provided for us in our time of need. And hey, by the way, did you hear about my grandson, Jacob? I heard about that, how he tricked your other grandson, Esau, and stole the birthright from That was bad news, yeah, man. Bad. Yeah. Well, that was a mess, but God provided for him, too. And God will provide for all of you out there. Amen. So, do you want to stick around and hear the message? Uh, no, I think I better go ahead for home, because... I think Sarah has uh, a meal prepared for me, and you know, don't want to be late. You know how that is. <laughs> so, but uh, but Pastor Chuck, yes, thank you for your teachings. Yes, and you keep up the good work, and God bless you and your flock. Thank you, Father Abraham. Hey, um, you know we're almost done. Can you just stay a little bit? Maybe take some pictures with the people here so they can show their family and friends. Well, I'm sure that Sarah won't mind. No, I mean, because she, she calls you Lord, right? Yes, she does. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yes, she does. <laughs> you can, why don't you go over and talk to Marianne a little bit about that? <laughs> Thank you so much. God bless you. All right. Give a hand to Father Abraham. And you can, you can take a picture with him afterwards. That way you can tell your, your family and your friends where you've been today. So, number one, walk before me and be blameless. Number two, your provision is around you, right? Okay, here's the third one in Galatians 3.13. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing singular of Abraham, what did God say about Abraham? You're going to be blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed when you come in, blessed when you go out, blessed wherever you go, you know, Fernando and Pauline, they moved to uh, some place, Apple Valley. You're blessed there, right? You're blessed here, you're blessed there, you're blessed. When the Lord directs you, he blesses you wherever you go. So you don't have to worry about that. You don't have to worry, oh, I'm afraid to go here. I'm afraid. No, if God is telling you to do it, then he's going to bless you. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ that we might receive the promise of the Spirit. How? Through faith. So, all things are possible if you can't believe. The third thing is believe it's there by faith. So one, walk before him. Two, know the provision is there. And three, believe it by faith. You know, when I first heard about this uh, idea of God's provision being there, one of the pastors was teaching it. This is a long time ago, but I absorbed it into my life. And he, he, he was saying it almost in a cocky way. He said, so when I get into trouble, I just say, okay, Lord, where, where's the provision? It's here somewhere, and he began to look for it. And so I started doing the same thing. When I got into trouble and I needed financial help, I said, Lord, where, where is the provision? And when we were at our, our first church, and I had been there for 18 years, and we got the left foot of fellowship, only because we were being frank with the pastor and told him, you know what, pastor, you, you know, your, your messages are great, but your, your behind-the-scenes pulpit, uh, you know, after the pulpit is not very good. You make people feel bad. You don't operate in love. And so he said, you know what? Uh, there's your paycheck, and I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Ping! <laughs> We're just being frank, just being honest. 
And he said, well, I'll be frank and honest too. There's the door, okay. So, so, we, so they gave us six weeks severance pay. And so I had six weeks to believe God, where do you want me to go? So I knew it's around me somewhere, Lord. So I li- put a list of, of, I think, 15 or 16 people that I knew that possibly could direct me in the way the Lord would want me to go. And sure enough, one of the ladies told me about a place, told me about a, uh, um, he was a counselor at Azusa Pacific University. He led us to a church. I became the assistant pastor there, and we were there for like three or four years. God has a way. He's not stumped when you get into a situation. He looks ahead and knows what you need before you even have gotten to that situation. Praise God. Now, let's see how Jesus did this. We saw how the principles are in the Bible. We saw how he did it with Abraham. Did Jesus do the same thing? Let's see. Remember when, when uh, Peter was talking to the Pharisees and says, does your master pay the temple tax? And he went back and said, sure he does. And went back, to, went back to Jesus and said, do we pay the temple tax? He said, yeah, I just pay it out of, out of duty for them, but I don't really need to because this is my temple. But I, for, for them, so that they know, go to the sea, cast in a hook, and take the fish that comes up first, and when you have opened its mouth, you will find a piece of money, take that and give it to them for me and you. That is the most ridiculous story I ever heard. (laughs) How many fishermen do we have here? (laughs) Have you ever found a coin in a fish's mouth? Peter had been fishing all of his life. He didn't say, oh no, Lord. That'll never happen. I've been fishing all my life. He immediately obeyed and did what God told him to do. So he went, let's see the picture. So he goes, looky here. He catches the fish. He gets the money for him and for Peter, or him and Jesus, and he takes it to the temple tax. Pays it for the temple tax. This is an amazing story. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to share something with you. Okay, this is going to help you tremendously. Because I had someone reveal this to me, and the meaning of these two scriptures, and you tie them together, and you'll find out how God wants to move in your life, because this is the way Jesus moved. Um, This lady came to me, she said, you know, I needed $10,000 to pay for something, and I uh, I couldn't find it, I didn't know where it was. And so the Lord told me, go to my, go to my work, and look in my files, and you'll find the money like go to the fish's mouth. So she went and she started looking in all of her files for where's the money, where's the money, where's the money? She went to the bottom drawer, she looked in, there was an insurance policy there that her company had taken out that she could cash in on and guess how much she could get for it? $10,000. And she said the Lord told her that the money is always near you, it's around you, it's where you've spent your time, it's where you've put your effort. And so Peter was a fisherman. That's why God said, go to the fish's mouth. You're familiar with that. She went to her job. So my wife and I, we were believing for a house, and the Lord spoke to me and said, buy your mother-in-law's house. Your wife will be happy with it. My first thought is, I'm doing the praying. What about me? You know, my wife's enjoying herself. (laughs) I'm praying. I'm, I'm believing God. But I found out over the years, God, here's my wife's prayers. (laughs) Two. <laughs> and so I said, okay, let's, let's call your mother-in-law, um, your mother, my mother-in-law, and find out if she wants to sell the house. And so we called her, she said, oh, no, 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 we don't, I don't want to sell the house. Not yet. I'm not retired yet. I'm going to wait. I said, okay. 
A week later, she calls, okay, I'm ready to sell now. I go, really? She goes, yeah, what I can do is I can still go to work, buy my house in Oceanside, and then I'll just stay with you Monday through Friday, and then uh, I'll pay you for that time, and then I'll go home to my house in Oceanside on the weekend. And so I'll buy it at a cheaper price. You can have your house. Voila. I said, praise the Lord. God, you're so good. Then my wife says, well, uh, we don't have a down payment. Where are you going to get the down payment? I go, I, I haven't got to that part yet. <laughs> I, I hadn't heard anything. So I remembered the lady who said, go to where you spent your time. Go to where you've, 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 you've uh, you know, people around you. And so I said, okay, Marianne, we have got to find that money. I know it's around us here somewhere. And you know, when we were early, when we were early marriage, we had small house and small condos. And so we, to pick up, sometimes we had to put everything in a bag and just put it somewhere out of the way. Anybody ever have, ever have to do that? Anybody want to admit to that? <laughs> so the house was clean, but sometimes we go like, well, where is, the, where is the whatever we needed? She said, I don't know. I put it, I think, up here, maybe down here. I, it was in a bag or was it a drawer. I can't remember where it was. And so what I do is I said, okay, let's, let's think about this for a minute. Let, let's go back and think, where was it? Where was it? And so, so, so with this money, I said, it's somewhere here, honey. We've got to figure out where it is. And so we sat down and we just thought. She goes, well, you know, my first husband, he did leave us some money, but it's kind of tied up in a trust, and there's no way we can get it out. But possibly, we could borrow off it. My attorney has never given me a loan on it, but possibly. I go, yeah, 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 that's got to be it. So we called him up, and we said, can we get $10,000 loan off the trust before it closes? And he said, yes. I dropped my jaw. I said, Lord, have mercy on my soul. And then she was ready to hang out. Wait a minute, wait, we need, we need drapes. Ask him for $12,000. <laughs> and so she said, oh, oh uh, my husband said, can we have $12,000? He said, yes, you can have $12,000. Cut the check, bought the house. Lo and behold, God did provide. So don't think that, that you're lost in anything that you're doing in believing God. Know that God is going to do and provide for you and give you faith for miracles based on four principles. Are we ready for them again? Let's see. Walk before him and be blameless. Isn't that good news? Walk before him, be blameless. Your provision is around you. Believe it is there by faith and it is where you spend your time and your energy. God has a provision for you. God's not going to leave you helpless and homeless and without uh, a recourse in your life. So let's just close our eyes and pray now. Father, we thank you that, Lord, that you are our provider. You are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. You're able to give to us what we need, when we need it, and in the nick of time. So, Lord, we thank you that as we lay before you right now, lay our hearts before you, that you're able to do great and mighty miracles on our behalf. We give you praise, we give you glory, we give you honor for what you're doing. Lift up your concerns to him right now, the situations that you're facing.
the, the, the problems that seem like have no answers, the dilemmas that have no solutions, and know that God is there for you. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. Praise you, sweet Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. Tap into his presence. Know that his light is shining on you. He's going to give you wisdom. He's going to give you connections with people in situations. Then you'll see his glory and his, his manifested presence in your life. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. feel like you're ready now to position yourself to believe for financial miracles from the Lord. Amen. Father, we thank you that as we go down, Lord, we believe in you. We believe in your word. We believe in your promises that you've given to us. We thank you, Lord, for the food that we're about to eat, the fellowship that we're about to have. And Lord, bring us back safely again next week. And Lord, let us see your provision and your blessing in our life as we draw closer to you that you'll draw closer to us. We thank you that we're blessed coming in, blessed going out, and God is with us wherever we go. We give you the praise, glory, and honor, and everyone that agreed with that said, amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, James.